You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. And welcome back to the Oz Network. We are continuing on with our, our extended coverage of Nip Tuck. We're on to season three, episode ten. Madisonburg first came out in twenty second of November two thousand and five, um, and was um, directed by Greg Yanatanis. Uh, writers Greg Murphy, Jennifer Salt. Um, yeah, and no, I'm looking forward to, to talking this through. It's the big wedding episode, so I'm looking forward to getting into all of that. Um, my name's Nick, and uh, you're going to have some pussy burn. My name is Ben, and I'm going to a hotel because if I stay here, I'm just going to end up having sex with you. <laughs> How many times have I heard that? Uh, zero, zero would be the correct answer for that. But uh, no, this is this is the big the big. Well, I don't know. Do you feel like we've been building up to this or not? Not really, and this is what I kind of like about this episode is that, you know, and I, sort of just a lot of TV shows have the big build-up, don't they? Like, you have the engagement and you got the planning and all sort of stuff. I think this is neatly packaged into one episode, and it's kind of weird because, like, we've just come off three pretty, you know, well, actually, I guess in, in retrospect, about five pretty average episodes. I mean, we've been three of the last five episodes. So I think kind of, you know, maybe they could have spread it out slightly, but I just, I like the way they do this, that here we are, you know, we've got the wedding. I think it's a nicely packaged episode and, you know, it's it's kind of, it works out well and kind of what's going to happen towards the end of the season. Obviously, we're meeting Ariel and things like that along the way. So, yeah, I think this is a very solid, strong episode and, you know, definitely one that we needed after a string of sort of five pretty Metacore episodes along the way. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a, it's a um, kind of high drama episode, but there's also like a couple of really, really funny scenes as well. Like it just, it kind of cuts through some of the tension with some quite hilarious moments. Oh, there's one. To there's one is so good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I assume we're talking about the same one, but we'll, we'll get to it. But um, yeah, I mean, it, we start off right where you would almost expect the, uh, the, the pre-wedding liposuction scene where... Um, um, you know, Kimber's insisting on getting lipo so that she can fit into her wedding dress. And um, I, this scene is a little bit strange. I think it's the first time we've seen this, other than um, our favourite redhead. This is the first time we've seen somebody who's actually been awake during surgery. Um, or am I wrong? Um, um, but yeah, yeah, I think this you're right. It, yeah, it seems like a little bit of a plot contrivance that um, you know, because the wedding's coming up soon, they they need it to be this kind of fairly minor operation. Um, but yeah, this is the first time I've I've ever seen why well, that I remember seeing on the show that you know the patient is staying awake. So Kimber's getting lipo, and she's you know at the point where she's even giving direction to Christian while he's doing lipo um, pre wedding. So it's it's a pretty funny scene to kind of open the open the episode. It's kind of like weird, like weirded out, like sort of. I know talking back when uh, you know we're talking about. Uh, was it Ray Reynolds when it came to the whole like being awake thing and like how that just ugh. like I don't know how you could do that and she's like legitimately looking at you said like giving directions like ugh. like I don't know how I could handle that but I also one thing I will say though is I kind of like the the chemistry and the flirting like is this the most sexy uh, surgery scene you've ever seen in your life just the way he's like yes, on on top of her and like remind me why I'm doing this again and the things I do for love and just like their back and forth little you know thing I just I, I don't know I've never seen a more sexy surgery scene before yeah I think it's really good too because you kind of get that camera angle to start with where um, you don't actually realise that she's not only lying down, but she's actually lying on a on a um, surgery table. Yeah. You know? So it, it is cleverly done. Like it sets up the episode really well, and obviously we transition pretty quickly into this being a discussion about. Yeah, you're right. The the, the flirting's really good, but um, then we get into the the next thing about it is um, um, that she hasn't signed this prenup, which is kind of where we left the last episode. That she was actually Akimba was putting the the prenup in front of in front of Christian, but she's the one who hasn't signed it at this point, which is. Uh, sets up a little bit of tension early on in this episode and um yeah i think it's an interesting way to kind of kick off this this big wedding which is, episode. is weird how like you know she's the one who brought it up and yet she's the one who starts going on about like oh you know i haven't signed it because of this this and this and like i mean you, you definitely believe kimber is one of these people who is just not going to eat anything for like a month before her wedding and is you know like i've got to wear this i've got to do that and i'm fasting and all this sort of stuff so like you know, I definitely think that what I really give props to Kelly Carlson this episode is just she's so believable because this is just exactly what you believe Kimber would be like. So, I mean, straight away, like, I don't know if we talk too much about her acting ability, but she's great in this episode. So, um, yeah, I think it's great sort of this whole stuff. And like, as you said, like the whole got to sign it. What does he, what does he say? Like, if you don't sign the agreement and agree to stop doing double entry gangbangs, there won't be a wedding. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah. I just love kind of just the yeah. random lines he has. 
Yeah, and I think it's, you make a really good point that we kind of almost take her as uh, for granted. Um, we never really talk about Kelly Carlson as an actress on the show, but she's just so perfect in the role. Um, you know, like she is just really, really good, and I think it's a real testament to. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's probably something that we don't talk about enough. Um, we talk about the main three and a little bit about Matt. Um, but we kind of forget about Kimber and, and a few of the others who make up this cast who are actually really, really good, and they're just kind of perfect for this little role. And um, uh, she's somebody I'm surprised, or just like everybody else on the show, I'm surprised we haven't seen her in more stuff after Nip Tuck. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it's, it's kind of interesting that sort of... I think we sort of talked a bit about Julia in the last few weeks, how they, they really just... Julia is nothing kind of moving forward now. And I feel that, like, you know... Kimber almost takes over as kind of the more interesting lead female. Because, I mean, she's always going to be credited as a main cast member, obviously, from this season on. So, she's a main member. I mean, alongside, obviously, like, Liz as well. I mean, Liz will get a lot more stuff to do moving forward as well. But, I don't know. I just feel that kind of Kimber, just the way she kind of... Her storylines and everything, uh, even kind of some of the stuff moving forward with, like, Matt. um, You know, things like that. I think kind of... I don't know. Like, Julia really starts to grain on you. I think I really don't remember a whole lot of positive Julia stuff moving forward now. Whereas, you know, I think we kind of started off this recap being all like, oh, you know, let's not be too harsh on her. She's kind of good. We're kind of losing that now. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, almost would be happy to say right now at this point in Nip Tuck, Kimber's the main female at this point. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting in terms of um, Kimber was kind of used for some of these weird storylines, you know, the whole thing with Bobolet and all that. And it, it almost reverses, doesn't it, where Julia kind of starts to get into some pretty weird storylines as we move forwards on the show. Um, and, and, you know, Kimber becomes the slightly, well, for a little while anyway, <laughs> becomes a slightly more normal character. But, um, yeah, I, well, maybe I'm overselling that, spoiler alert. So, yeah, I mean, we'll kind of see where we go with that. But, um, yeah, we get through the credits and, and then we move on to the um the title character for the show which is madison berg who's uh, how old is she supposed to have turned 16 and she's getting a nose job um to look less jewish i guess is the the big thing behind this and, and she's not really that worried about it but her mother's kind of insisting on it and you know through the process of um showing her a few photos she decides yes i'm, I'm gonna get it done um and i guess this is really setting up the whole thing with um with Ariel that we're going to get in this episode around the kind of racial stuff that we get over the next few episodes. And, and this is kind of the, the plot device that gets us into that. Yeah. And I just want to point out, um, I really like, uh, <laughs> this character, this actress, uh, Madison Berg is played by Hayley Hirsch. And anybody who is an ER fan automatically knows who this is. She's Rachel Green. She was, uh, uh, Dr. Green's daughter, uh, who kind of became a bit, of a, a bit of a prominent character sort of around about when he died, spoiler alert, if you've never watched ER. And I remember growing up, because ER was kind of like the first adult show I ever got to watch and grow up on. And I was like madly in love with her. I thought she was like, you know, incredibly hot. And she's like same age as me before anybody starts accusing me of like being gross and shit. Um, so <laughs> she's born in 1987. It's okay. Um, so yeah, I remember when I first saw her on this, on this episode, I'm like, oh my God, it's Rachel. Because like you never see her in anything anymore. Just pointed that out random er stuff but yeah i, I kind of like this setup and um yeah it's about her sweet 16th and i kind of like that woman she's like oh we thought we would take advantage of your sweet 16 package where we get a deal with delamere your favorite place um yeah and i kind of like how you know she's like going through the the before and after photos and what she's like oh my god it's lisa burrow she's a senior at my high school she's jewish too oh i'll do it straight away and like yeah it's a great setup i mean you know, it's. I kind of like this storyline. I mean, it's kind of a bit on the nose, no pun intended, how this gets set up, uh, with, like, Ariel and stuff moving forward. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I know we're about to get to that, but I love, love, love Britney Snow. Um, but it's just, it's kind of interesting. And, like, we've talked a lot about Matt's downfall. I mean, this is just classic example of Matt getting involved in a situation here, which is clearly going to turn a certain direction. But um, oh, it's a nice way of setting it up rather than just having Matt and his cool Miami high school with the lockers outside still, um, you know, meeting random Britney Snow. Yeah, I think it's, it is an interesting kind of setup, and I, I do agree that there's nothing subtle about her storyline. Um, and, you know, I've kind of gone backwards and forwards about whether that's a good thing in my own head, and not every storyline has to be, you know, nuanced and subtle. Sometimes something that just hits you over the head and makes it really obvious is, you know, that's not a bad thing. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not entirely sure where I come down on the on the aerial storyline. It's not the um, worst Matt storyline, Nick. Come on. 
<laughs> well, no, that's that's totally true, and I think it it kind of sets up. You know, like I, I do really like that, um, and I don't know if this is a deliberate thing that they've done throughout the series, but you know, Matt, even though he's not a biological son of of Sean, he is um, very much like him in terms of getting you know, entwined with these these problematic women um, pretty quickly. You know, we've just come out of that horrible storyline with Sean and um, Nikki. And um, now we're moving into Matt and Ariel, and it's a, it's a similar kind of thing, isn't it? That he kind of gets, you know, drawn in, and, and he falls falls for her very quickly, and yeah. um, before he know before he knows that he's getting involved in all sorts of shit that he probably shouldn't be doing. Which so, is a trope um, of Matt, like, isn't it? Like you got to kind of analyze yeah. every relationship Matt will have in this show. He's not somebody who yeah. is patient and waits and takes things slow, is he? <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I, I mean, thank God for that because it keeps the action moving forwards. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, it's really interesting. I, I do love Matt's kind of smooth move here. Where he, you know, basically, she, and Ariel wants a um, an interview with a plastic surgeon, and Matt says, "You can have one if I get a date out of it." So, you know, good on you, Matt. You're um, you're doing a good job there. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're going to talk more about this. I think the Ariel stuff in this episode is is really good. Um, I, I think. It can, it turns a little bit for me in the next few episodes, but I, I do like it here. I think it's a good setup. Um, I enjoy what it kind of brings to these episodes, but um, yeah, the, this initial scene is, yeah, it, it's, it's good fun. And, you know, Matt the weirdo. Um, yeah. So it's, I'm, I'm not sure I totally um, agree with you about um, this actress being all that attractive. I think she's, she's all right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, yeah, it's, um, yeah, I, I think she fits the role really well. I'll give her that much. Between Brittany Snow and Hayley Hirsch, I'm, I'm quite satisfied in this episode. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think she, the thing is, I will say, I think she's a great actress in the way she plays this character. Like, she's so believable. And, like, the thing that I, I remember when I used to watch this, I never understood all the time, like, why do they say she's racist? Like, because a lot of the time when she's, like, when she, especially when she says, like, bear with me, I'm not, like, trying to defend her. But, like, the, the bit when she's all, like, you know, oh, why don't you, um, you know, dye my skin black when you can, you know, dye a black person's skin white? I'm like, well, that's a valid point. But then I kind of, like, keep listening to what she's going on. I'm like, oh, okay, right, yeah, fair enough. Um, But, like, yeah, I kind of like this weird sort of storyline about how Matt kind of gets involved in this plot. And, I mean, it obviously goes completely cray-cray, but I I like sort of the extent it goes. I mean, there's one part of it when we get to, like, a nativity scene, which kind of gives me the shits. But, um, yeah. But, I mean, I I don't know. I just, I like Britney Snow. I think, I remember seeing this for the very first time and just like, whoa, who is this girl? Um, So, I kind of had a thing, huge thing for Britney Snow for a long time, and I don't really think I've really seen her in much else afterwards. Uh, I mean, she's gone on to do a fair bit, but... um, Apparently she's in all those Pitch Perfect movies. Are you a Pitch Perfect fan, Nick? Uh, I've never seen them. Uh, no, I can't can't say I really am, but yeah. Um, yeah. Rebel Wilson's in them, so I avoid them. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, so I think prob- probably for me, I think um, what's quite interesting about this is, you know, like we're obviously talking about these in 2017 and we're in the Trump era and a lot of this stuff actually feels quite relevant again. Oh, yeah. Um, and and that's quite interesting to me is that, you know, I've got this thing that's 12 years old, but suddenly a lot of the stuff that's been talked about here is, is interesting again. And um, I think anybody who's got, regardless of the of um, which side of the aisle they come down, if you've got a, a friend or a, um, or somebody that you know, a workmate or whatever that is really, you know, very outspoken in their political beliefs, then this kind of stuff is something you really relate to as somebody who is just so sure of their beliefs um, and it can drive you a bit wild. So I think I think everybody can kind of relate to a character like this or knowing somebody like this anyway. Um, so I think that's quite interesting. But, um, yeah, we're, we're going to get more into that um, because uh, let's not labour the point where we're going to get to a waxing scene and <laughs> that's what we all need, I think, in life. But, yeah, so, I mean, we, you know, it's more, more kind of... Um, um, pre-wedding stuff where, where Kimber's getting a, getting the full bikini wax going on and of course who who better to, to be administering this except oh, Gina so good so good like I don't think we've ever really had Kimber and Gina scenes before from memory so and we get two great ones this episode so um, both you know the most prominent women in Christian's life when it comes to sort of his side girls besides you know Julia um, throughout the entire season so um I just love the fact that they share, like, and this is just so, like, we talked, I think, an episode or two ago about how kind of Gina, since she's become a main star and working at Delamere, she's kind of lost a bit of a Gina-ness. But here she is, back full circle. Like, she's amazing in this scene. Um, just the way she's, like, you know, going off at poor Kimber. Um, but then again, on the, on the flip side, Kimber's so, like, great the way she does this kind of, like, you know, how she sort of handles it. And particularly later on when she just has that whole speech when she's like, did he do this to you? Like, you know, just like, yeah. It's just the way they sort of just handles it. And oh, I just, I love the way she kind of, like, drops the hint about, like, 
oh, so I haven't RSVP to the wedding yet. Oh, I don't know if I got yeah, lost yeah. in the mail. Oh, you're not coming to the wedding, uh, Gina. Um, and then, of course, like, you know, obviously her dropping the hints about the whole Julia situation, which obviously sets some good stuff up in this episode. So, yeah, I, I just, I love Gina and Kimber together. It's just such a great scene. And again, from memory, I don't even think moving forward we'll ever get these two together again. Um, I mean, I, I might stand corrected if we get it, but this might be sort of our one and only opportunity to ever see these, like, two actually being together in some capacity. Yeah, and I think it's a, you know it is a really fun scene, and um, <laughs> you can always count on Gina for some snappy dialogue, and um, yeah, that kind of I think it's kind of left quite late in the piece. This kind of thing that that Christian still got these feelings for Julia. I think that it's a shame they haven't kind of um, intertwined this into the whole Kimber thing a little bit earlier because it does feel like it's dropped right at the end here, and, and this should be something that is a bit more of a tension point going for you know before this point. Um, so it, to me, it is quite interesting that it's brought up so late, but it's still really effective. So no, I mean, I, I really enjoy it and, um, yeah, no, it, it's a fun scene. Um, yeah, it, it, again, it's a lot of setup and I think that what I quite like about this episode is there's lots of setup and then lots of payoff at the end, which is cool. Um, you know, being at the TV, you know, the episodic nature, you don't often get that, um, because it's drawing out over a number of episodes where we kind of get a lot of that setup and payoff in the one episode here, which is cool. Yeah, and I just want to point out there is one terribly, terribly, terribly acted scene, uh, well, moment of a scene. I don't know if you picked it up. Jolly Richardson, uh, there's when Kimber confronts her, and she goes, is there something you want to ask me? Like, the way she delivers the line <laughs> is so bad. Like, we talk about her sort of having good stuff and every now and then hitting me, but, like, this, if we had a moment right now to book point and just everything, could be arguably the worst acted scene maybe in Nip Tuck right up to this point. Is there something you want to ask me? Like, oh, my God, Jolly Richardson, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it almost feels like, you know, that you would you would deal to that with a bit of ADR these days. <laughs> now you just get the actress back in and just, and just overdub it because, yes. yeah, that is... It's not great. Um, yeah. So, I mean, we, we kind of get all that set up in terms of the, the Christian thing. And, and um, you know, Julia's kind of trying to put, put Kimber at, at ease. But, yeah, then we move into – and I think probably you make a good point, which I'm probably going to labour on a little bit later, which is that, um, you know, Jolly Richardson's good when she's um, when she's playing against Christian or Sean. Otherwise, I think she's a bit of a dud. So, mm. um, that's probably a good example of that. And we're going to get another example of it the other way around a little bit later on, I think. Um so yeah, we um we then go to the scene with um with Christians invited Sean and Matt around and he wants them both to be his best men at, at the wedding. Um and it's it's all um a wee bit tense. Um I do kinda like these scenes. I, I feel that probably this season's had the least kind of Christian and Sean just hanging out scenes. Yeah. Um and you you do miss them because they are really fun. Um yeah, and um, you, you know, obviously Matt comes in and he says, "Yep, he'll do it if he if he can get an interview with these guys with Ariel." Which <laughs> I think he would have got that anyway. So it's a, a bit of an interesting thing to to kind of bargain off. But um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's too much more to add to this this scene. Really, it's just it's just a fun little scene. I think the only bit I kind of like is like Christian playing off Matt when he's like, "How's my little skinhead?" Like as he walks in and he's just yeah. you know, and it's kind of like. It's a nice little sort of scene, though, when, um, you know, Christian's like, oh, will you two just kiss and make up already? Um, you know, when he's like, obviously, uh, you know, I'm the main event, you know, you two need to make up. And I just kind of like, because, yeah, we've sort of, all this season, really, with the Matt stuff, hasn't it? It's just been tension, you know, between Sean and Matt, and obviously, it's not that too bad between Christian and Matt. But, you know, I think kind of the the Matt balancing act and kind of what he's going to be through here with Ariel and kind of, I think it's a good transition with kind of what he's just been through to kind of what he's about to go through. And obviously we, we get a, I don't want to say normal Matt for a little bit after this season, maybe for an episode or two. Uh, but then obviously, you know, Matt's got to get on the show's bike. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, okay, it's a nice little scene, a little setup. And, you know, I mean, who else is Christian going to ask be his best man? Yeah, exactly. He doesn't have too many options, I guess, disease. <laughs> it's kind of these two. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's. I guess it's good to get these these three guys back in the room. It's been a little while. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, that's yeah, it, it's cool. Um, I'm, yeah, like I say, I'm not sure that there's a huge amount we kind of want to add to this, um, but we can probably go into the want to get to the next scene already. <laughs> Yes, yeah, because I think we were we were teasing this one a little bit um, oh earlier God. on. So, yeah, it is it is so much fun. So obviously, we got a little bit of setup for this earlier on, which is that um, you know Kimber's not going to eat because she doesn't want to put on any weight before the wedding, and and so um, she sends Christian off to do the cake <laughs> the, cake, the cake tasting with <laughs> with Sean. 
um, which is just hilarious. And so, yeah, obviously the, the big joke in this is that the attendant thinks that they're a gay couple. Um, <laughs> but it, it is just it is just so funny. I mean, the whole thing is you know, <laughs> just on so many levels. It is just really funny. Um, and, and these two just, oh, it's just, like I say, it's just so great to see the two of them kind of back in the same same scenes together. And they just play it so well, just like, you know, because as soon as she says it, like, oh, you two are the most elegant couple I've ever met. And this is the way they look and they hold their hand up, the way they grab it, and they're like, darling. <laughs> like it's, it's, and I just love yeah. uh, Sean. It's divine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so hilarious, and it's kind of like, um, you know, you obviously famously said in the very first episode, a heterosexual love story between these two. And we will sort of get an almost gay storyline between these two next season, at least for an episode or two, which is kind of well funnily done, because I think kind of it was Ryan Murphy's mind. He's always going to explore something with this. But, like, I just kind of just love the way they play off each other and they have that laughter at the end. It's like, I swear, that's not even acting. Like, you know, I reckon Julie McMahon and Dylan Walsh there are just cracking up laughing at that bit too. But, um... Yeah, it's kind of an interesting little thing there about how, like, what Sean's saying about, um, oh, have you ever tried Julia or why didn't you give it a try? And kind of, you know, he brings up, oh, you slept with Kimba. Um, so, you know, just kind of subtle little things there, which I kind of think is, is interesting. And obviously we get the, the big sort of, like, moment where we find out when Christian and Julia slept together, that obviously it was on their wedding cake tasting, like, oh, champagne, you know, and the rest is history. So, hey, Matt was conceived over our uh, wedding cake. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, and I mean, and it's all really well played, you know. Like I, I think kind of the the Sean being, um, you know, outraged and upset by this has been a bit played out. So it's good, good to see it played for a little bit of you know a, a comedy or or light relief. And, and what I really like about this is you kind of get the the whole thing of, um, you, you see some some kind of um, comedic talents from um, from Dylan Walsh, which we probably haven't really explored in great detail. Yeah. Um, because I think, I think it, like he is the serious character. So, you know, he's the straight man. So we often don't get this stuff and it, it's a shame we don't get more of it because I actually think it's, he's really good at this. And it reminds me of the, um, you know, like if you listen to anything that, um, Vince Gilligan has talked about with Breaking Bad, is it one of the big things they liked about Brian Cranston as the main character for that is that they knew he could do comedy mm-hmm. and, they thought, you know, if, if you can do comedy, you can do serious as well. And so, you know, that's why you end up getting, you know, a lot of characters on Breaking Bad who are actually comedic actors because, you know, that was his philosophy around it, that if they can do comedy, they can do serious. And, um, yeah, I, I think that that's quite an interesting way of, of looking at it. And I think, you know, we definitely know that, um, um, you know, we get the, the comedic stuff through um, through Christian, but we haven't always got it through Sean. Um, so, yeah, I think that that's... It's, it's just fun to see, really, and I, I think it just adds something to you know, bring some levity to the show because it can get pretty pretty heavy at times. I've never thought about that with the comedic actors. I mean, I remember when I first sort of heard about Breaking Bad and I realised it was freaking Hal from Malcolm in the Middle. I'm like, really, what? Like, he's the main guy in this serious show? Um, but, I mean, you know, you wouldn't want anyone else, would you? So, um, yeah, I mean, I've never kind of thought about that way. But, yeah, it's, it's interesting thinking about that with Sean, isn't it, about his sort of comedic stuff and i mean he'll get some stuff in season five which is a bit funny and a bit silly so kind of that's good but um yeah just that it's divine when he does that it's so funny yeah yeah i oh, totally <laughs> yeah and i think just just how quickly they play it off like they don't even kind of you don't even get that kind of moment from them where they're kind of like, so like they're like oh, oh we're not gay they just like go along yeah, with yeah. it <laughs> yeah yeah so I, I think that that's a lot of fun so yeah no i, I really enjoy that um and yeah, I mean, I think I think you don't want you don't want Sean like Sean is the straight man, so you don't want him to be too over the top, silly all the time. But I think these occasional moments of comedy are, are really beneficial for the show. So yeah, no, I really enjoy it, and um, that kind of moves us into the scene where you know Sean's back at the clinic and and Ariel interviews them, and it's all pretty you know nasty and, and racial stuff, and um, you, you know the, these two guys are pretty outraged by the whole thing. Um, as you would be, and um, yeah, I, th- I think it's it's really interesting that um, Matt's so quick to jump on side. I mean, as you would expect, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I mean, she's just a rude bitch from the start, and yeah, I mean, you you're totally on one side in this thing. They don't even try and play any, as we talked about a little bit earlier. They don't try and play any nuance in this. It is all just you know, you're, you're supposed to not like this character. 
Yeah, a great acted scene as well by everyone involved. Like, I think, like, Brittany Snow does it well, but, like, even just sort of Christian and, and Sean, just their sort of their reactions and just their subtle little facial expressions they have when she's starting off. They're like, oh, look, what's this girl doing? Um, and I kind of like that little bit just before we even get Ariel in here. Wet, um, you know, we mentioned a few episodes ago about how they've got this couch now in their, uh, their consultation room and Sean hasn't been there in a while and he's all like, oh, you know, it's a bit old. You know, I like old school. I think a doctor should be behind a desk. So I kind of like that little retcon thing that they have there. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it is, you're absolutely right. Like, you know, unless you are a racist watching the show and I'm sure racists like Nip Tuck sometimes, um, racists enjoy TV. They're people, but they've just got racist viewpoints. Um, Ben defending racists. Good job, Ben. Um, but like, unless you're a racist watching this scene, you, yeah, you're going to like completely be like, who is this girl? And like, I love, again, this is just Matt, typical Matt falling for everyone so quickly, defending this girl straight away. Like, I mean, come on, I, I'd probably be doing the same if like Britney Snow was into me. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it, it does kind of set it up because I guess kind of you don't really know who this girl is really at this point, do you? We kind of just got a brief little, you know, bit of her at the lockers. And now we've kind of really got this full on, you know, hey, awesome, she's a racist. And then we're about to see that she likes to wear swastikas on her earrings on Thor's hammer. Yes, yeah. So it's all that kind of, and I, I guess this was a bit of a thing at the time, wasn't it? I don't know if it still is that the, you know, the, the swastika isn't a Nazi thing. It's originally was something else. And, you know, I think this was, I remember this being a thing for a little while. Um, Certainly around this time, you know, when, um, you know, when this came out and I was, you know, 18, 19, whatever I was, I do remember this being a, a discussion point at the time. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, I do struggle a little bit because this is, there's nothing subtle about it. And it, it, although some, I think it's kind of, I, I don't have an issue with it, I do kind of struggle a bit. But there's no other way to present this, I guess. You know, you have to be pretty upfront that, you know, you don't want to be giving any kind of sympathy to, to these racist ideas. So it is necessary, I suppose. But um, I, I, to me, I don't think there's really too much more we can add to it. You know, shit, this, this girl's pretty nasty, a nasty piece of work and we're going to f- see more of her family shortly, which is just going to reinforce that idea. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know there's too much more we need to add to it at this point. I mean, Matt gets his ear pierced. I mean cool um but like yeah yeah yeah, i mean it's kind of i think what kind of like at this point you are really thinking like okay but like i think what they do well in this is when we meet her dad and we obviously see where she's getting this from so i kind of think that's a good way of doing it but um yeah there's no hiding behind this you know her defense of the swastika and all that sort of stuff so um yeah, I mean, I, I love the way what she said. I'm not a Nazi, Matt. It's like, no, you're beautiful. It's like, I want to do something. And like, you know, Brittany Snow saying that to you, you're thinking, oh, yeah. It's like, do you trust me? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, you're going to pierce my ear. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And like, what, what? Like, Matt doesn't even hesitate. Like, he just does anything that any hot girl says to him, doesn't he? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And and that's not going to change. We're not going to get a character arc really there. That's pretty much going to be who Matt is this whole, this whole show. Um, yeah, so obviously we get the whole ear piercing thing and it's, yeah, <laughs> it is what it is, I suppose. Um, yeah, and then we kind of move into the, you know, the night before the wedding and, and you know, Christian's kind of, I guess he's caught out, if you want to put it that way, watching the, the video, or look, sorry, looking at the photos of the, um, of the, the Sean and Julia wedding. Um, and, you know, as, um, as Kimber refers to, you know, getting all misty eyed. Um, the royal wedding. Yeah, <laughs> the royal wedding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, I think it's um, it, it's yeah, I, I think that it's quite an interesting thing that you know if, if he's been caught out, I, I totally understand where Kimber's coming from in this whole thing. It's you know, it seems you know if you were in her position, you probably wouldn't be all that happy with him looking at those photos either. It, it doesn't seem yeah. you know he says he says wedding fever, but I think it's pretty obvious what's going through his mind at the moment. Yeah, I can't imagine that if I was uh, get, about to get married and I'm sitting on a bed looking at pictures of me and my ex that. Uh, you know, my soon-to-be wife is going to be overly thrilled with that. Uh, likewise, in the similar situation, if I caught her looking at pictures of her and her ex, hmm, what are you thinking of, love? Um, but, like, what, one thing that I really... What I really enjoy about this episode and what they do with this storyline and kind of spoilery in a way, it's not spoilery, but, like, it's the way they kind of paint Kimber and, like, as we said, like, how you would expect Kimber to be this way and you would expect Kimber to have cold feet because of just you know, her second guessing, like, of the type of person that Christian is. And this is what I really like about sort of these next two episodes, 
is that we kind of get what you would expect from Kimba, then you get what you expect from Christian when what happens happens. And it just kind of like when we get this big plot twist reveal in the next episode of Kimba, like it's just, it's amazing setup because I remember watching this episode live, not expecting what happens happens. Like I just assumed Kimba's left him. And spoiler alert, there's more to it than you meets the eye, of course. So I just love the setup. And you kind of get these initial moments here, like, you know, of how she's having, like, seeing him looking at his ex. And then you're going to get, obviously, you know, more doubt coming soon and, like, stuff with Gina and then even the stuff with, you know, Julia and all that sort of stuff. So, yeah, I just, I love the kind of elaborate setup that they go to to really make you feel that she's just left him at the altar. Because I'm telling you now, as I said, I believe this. I believe she had left. I did not think anything else had happened. I also think the other way too is that I think that they are trying to, for the viewer, they're trying to set up that it's Christian who has doubts, you know, um, that Kim is upset, but she's not having any doubts about going through yeah, with it. Right. But it's, and I think that that's really quite clever as well that they, you know, they, I didn't really expect that Christian, you know, what happens at the end of this episode is going to happen. That that didn't really ever, you know, come across to me. I thought it might be the other way around that Christian decides, no, no, I can't do this. So, yeah, I think you're right on a number of levels. It's a, it's a really cool way to set this up, and I think they pay it off really, really well, not just in this episode, but kind of going forwards as well. So, yeah, it is a lot of fun. Um, but then we get uh, back into Matt meeting, meeting the family, and me you get this, you know, these creepy big fat black woman cookie tins or something like that. It's not, a th- it's not a thing. I don't know if you get these in Aussie. It's definitely not a thing in New Zealand. Um, it reminded me of like, um, yeah, what are they, I mean, the Gollywog dolls? Gollywog, or, like, yeah, I, I had one yeah. of them growing up and like, again, I was little, I'd, you know, like my dad used to do funny little things with it and stuff like that, which, you know, I had no idea what it meant and like who, what this doll was meant to represent. So, you know, uh, I, I didn't turn out to be a racist having a gollywog doll. I mean, that's inappropriate. I know I probably shouldn't be calling it. Like, even that I think is politically incorrect. Sorry, people. But, like, yeah, I don't know. I've never seen these before either. So that was where I was trying to go with that. Sorry for mentioning gollywog. Yeah, and then we, <laughs> we, we, we quickly go into, um, you know, into meeting um, Ariel's father and, and um, we kind of get this elaborate setup. He's obviously the driving force behind who she is, which I think is interesting that, you know, we spent this episode going on that Matt's easily influenced, but obviously Ariel is too. She's influenced by her father and, you know, and he's got some pretty racist ideas. Um, well, not just racist as we find out later on, but, um, you know, he's he's really against any kind of difference or diversity, which is, um, you know, pretty disturbing and, you know, he'll go a long way to kind of enforce what he's thinking. Um so, yeah, that's really interesting, but we kind of get this over-the-dinner table set up where, you know, he's after um, information about which um, insurance companies basically are paying out for these um, cosmetic surgeries to be done to get people looking different and transgender surgeries and things like that. And, um, you know, and, and to Matt's credit, he pushes back here a little bit, which, you know, I think is, is good for the character. I think, you know, we talked that he's easily led, but, you know, if he'd just gone, yep, that sounds fine, we probably wouldn't have believed that. And the fact that he says no and, and, and pushes back and, and the father kind of says, yeah, I respect that, blah, blah, blah. I think that's good for the character, you know. Um, so I enjoy this setup. Um, obviously, it's going to pay off in the in, right at the end of the episode. Um, yeah, so it's it, it's a fun setup. And I think that they set this father up as being a pretty um, – um, you know, like he is a little bit of a um, a nasty force. You know, like you do believe that he's a bit of a jerk, and um, what happens, you know, at the end of the season is um, maybe not believable. But I think that they do try and um, build up this character to be um, certainly intimidating. So yeah, I, I do like what they do with him. That's for sure. Definitely makes you feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> like then the whole bit where yeah. he starts going on about like, oh, I checked you up and i believe you're involved in a pretty serious gay bashing and you just kind of like you hear that yeah. music it's like doom and you're like whoa shit where did that come from um and then just you know the way like because obviously you know you're assuming that he's going to be like you know because matt what did he say like i guess my invitation is you know rescinded and the way he's just kind of like you'll always have a seat at this table and it's like whoa okay <laughs> it's like jesus yeah, you're not meant to like this guy in any way, shape, or form. Um, yeah, well, I, I even like how they kind of play it up that he, um, you know, he, he, he quite quite often putting down his wife just even in these. Oh things, yeah, you know, that's her, brutal. Her, her reaction has done really well, you know. So he's he's played up to be an absolute asshole. This guy, I think they do a good job of portraying that through this episode. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's well acted. I think that the setup's really good. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I totally buy that this guy is you know this evil prick and and. Yeah, it's good stuff. 
Yeah, and the actor Brian Kerwin, I mean, I've seen him in a few other things. He's, I'm just looking at his IMDb profile. He's, again, one of these people who sort of have been in everything. So, um, but yeah, he's was in Desperate Housewives for a couple of episodes. Man, that's where I saw him from. But um, yeah, he's a good actor. I mean, he makes you hate this character. So um, I'm sure Brian Kerwin isn't like that in real life. And if he is, well, cool. But like, not really cool. But yeah, I, he, he acts well. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, totally. Yep. So no, it's all good stuff, and and you know we get that nice little setup that you know he obviously asks for those um, patient details, and and Matt says no, and I, I think it's a, you know kind of a, a good kind of button to end this on, and um, yeah, no, I, I I do really like it, um, but you know I think we can um, we can move on from that and into the the you know the main part of this episode, which is that you know we're going to get start getting this payoff, which is the wedding stuff, um, and there's lots of cool scenes that kind of you know before we get to the you know, even inside the church, we get some really fun stuff. And, you know, the, the couple of quick little things that we get first, you know, obviously get Christian, you know, practicing his speech and getting a bit of uh, advice from Sean, which is really fun. And, you know, Matt turns up and he's half-dressed and still in his, you know, got this earring in and got his, still got the boots on, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and basically, you know, this ends with, with Matt going, well, screw you, I'm out of here. And, you know, so I think that that's, that's interesting for later on. Um, and we get a little bit of payoff you know towards the end of the season about that as well which is you know is interesting um but matt's not here for this you know this big moment that happens in this episode which i think is is quite interesting um i'm not sure there's ever any any big payoff of that particular part of it but yeah i I like the fact that we don't have matt here um when this all happens i think that that just adds an extra level of drama which i think is really cool well he's not the only uh mcnamara child not at this wedding Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, so, yes, I don't know if you yeah, noticed it was a, certain someone else was missing from this wedding. <laughs> maybe it was a childless wedding, you know, from maybe Christian Orton. <laughs> and was Liz there? Do yeah. we see Liz there either? I'm not sure, actually. I don't, I never see Liz. I just, I, and according to IMDb, it's a credit only. So, again, Liz and Annie apparently are not invited. They're at Sean's 40th, but when it comes to Christian's wedding, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, not important characters, um, and also not invited to the wedding is obviously Quentin, who, who Sean spies dropping off Julia, and so this is the first kind of bit that we get where it's out in the in in the public that that Quentin and Julia are something of an item at this point. Um, I just so, don't yeah, I get this. I sorry, inter- I just don't like. I forgot how much they kind of just all of a sudden brush Quentin aside in this season. Like, it's interesting, obviously, with the payoff we're going to get with Quentin. But it just seems so sudden, does it not? Like, it's just... There's a scene in the next episode which really shits me the way it goes with Quinton. But it's like, I've always kind of liked Quinton. And, I mean, really, what has he done wrong? He gave... A, you know, he put his hand on Christian's bum. He, like, looked at Sean when he was getting a blowjob. Okay, he's dating Julia. But, like, outside of that, like, they got this guy to sell his house from Atlanta to move in and help them... And they hate him so quickly. Like, I don't know. There just seems something in this tension between uh, our three plastic surgeons. It just kind of comes rushed. And it's just like, you know, I get kind of Sean's going to look at this bit and be all like, oh, you know, he's dating Julia. But like, next episode, as much as I, I know I'm jumping ahead because I really like the next episode, but there's just some stuff with Quinton and Sean in the next episode that really pisses me off. Yeah, well, I think probably, yeah, it's, it's a big frustration for me too that a lot of the Quentin stuff is shorthanded. You know, like I, I think I talked in the last episode or one of the last couple of episodes where, um, you know, he suddenly has this drug habit out of nowhere, um, which, you know, there's no real real um, resolution to that either. It's just like a lot of it's done and like, you know, we want Quentin to be an asshole, so let's have him, um, you know, banging Sean's wife. Um, doing drugs, you know, like we, we've just got to kind of get to the point that nobody likes Quentin really quickly. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and uh, I think it's just manufacturing tension where we didn't need to have tension or we could have done it in a more careful way. So yeah, totally on board with what you're saying there. Yeah, it's kind of like we just got bored with him and we need to get rid of him. Which I, which, um, oh, I think, it's just... Yeah, I think probably that my whole thing with this whole season is that... Um, it probably could have been about three or four episodes shorter and it would Agreed. have been a lot tighter. Agreed. And there's lots of little storylines that kind of, you know, dive, you know, we kind of divert off the main path. Um, and I think we could have spent a lot more time building up Quentin as a, as a major character here. Um, and we, we kind of don't. And, and then I think when we decide we want, we want him to be a bad guy, well, you know, we might as well turn him into Dr. Evil. He just becomes this kind of cliched bad guy. Um, when he doesn't do anything got, you know, really wrong. Like, this is my thing. No. Like, 
Okay, oh, we might oh. revisit that sentence in about five episodes' time. But, <laughs> like, it's still, at this point, he's not done anything wrong. Well, I think the other thing, too, is, um, you know, we, we, we kind of get the whole thing with... It's probably supposed to be sparked off that they think he's just a bit of a creeper, you know, in terms of the whole thing where he's grabbing Christian's ass and, you know, the way he's looking at Sean and that, that you know... The, the blowjob scene. Um, and, you know, like, I think we're meant to think he's a creepy guy, but, you know, I, I think that there's a difference between being a bit creepy and a bit inappropriate yeah. um, in situations where, you know, like, it's not like Sean and Christian were in those situations completely um, non-creepy themselves. Um, so I think, yeah, it, it, it just feels like we just take the shortest possible route to making this guy seem like a dick, and it, it isn't always believable. So, yeah, I mean, we'll come back to it for sure because, you know, there is definitely more to unpack with Quentin, but that's kind of the last we get to him in this episode and then we move into this I, I really like that again the second scene with, with Gina and, mm-hmm. and, and Kimber where you know, she comes in and, and basically it's you know something old something new type of thing and she gives the, gives um, Kimber her old diaphragm from her, her um, Christian days and I, I think that's really good like she she just is a bit of a bitch in this whole thing and makes Kimber cry and you know I think it's <laughs> you know it's um it is, yeah. <laughs> it's. Uh, I just really like the whole thing. It's you know, even when she's like, "Oh, something blue," well, there'll be plenty of blue days living with yeah. Christian. You know, like, yeah. It's just so she's just Gina. a real bitch. I love her. Yeah. I, I love that line when it's like, "Did he do this to you?" It's like, "No, I was always a bitch." But like, I love the I love the fact that kind of like you know, it actually turns into a kind of a sweet scene, doesn't it? When you know he's she's like going on about like, "Oh, you know, Christian loves you, Kimber," and just you know, you just need to to be there and just. It's yeah, and it's I, lo- I love the line when uh, she says like you're really pretty, Kimber. Not as pretty as me, um, but kind of say that Jessalyn Gilsey is looking amazing still. Like I-, I pointed that a few episodes ago. Like I think like when I saw her in Glee, like I never kind of found Gina attractive in Nip Tuck. Like I'm not saying she's an unattractive woman, just to me, no, I'd rather Kimber. But like when I saw her in Glee, I'm like, hey, she's actually really attractive. And like in this, like all of a sudden, I'm like, wow, Jessalyn Gilsey, you're hot. Um, so I don't know if that's just me or not, but um. Yeah, it's kind of the um, it's kind of the what I would call the kind of Kira Knightley effect. You know, sometimes Kira Knightley looks like <laughs> unbelievably attractive in movies, and then other times she just looks like fairly plain. That's a good, um, you know, good like point. A, a, yeah, I think it's, it's a little bit hit and miss. But um, I think we'd be remiss if we also didn't say that you know Kelly Carlson looks really good in oh, the scene as well. And, in a wedding dress, and I, yeah. I do like the fact that they put they put Gina in white. I think is really fun. You know, that it, it, it's quite cool. And yeah, you're right. It turns into this really sweet. Scene and she scores and, an invite to the uh, wedding too. Like. You notice she's in the wedding? Like, she wasn't invited, but she's yes, sitting next she to Julia. So, okay. Uh, maybe she just gate crashed. Uh, who knows? <laughs> but, um, yeah, she's obviously got friends in high places. Um, you know, she's obviously more important than Annie. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. But, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, you know, and then we go into the, this this scene with um, with Christian and, and, um, and Julia. And um, I'm just going to say up front that, you know, um, I think this is the scene of the season. Um, I actually think that this is the best scene in the entire season. Hmm. Um, I think it's really, really strong. And, you know, we've obviously just just ripped shit out of, out of Jolly Ridson a little bit earlier in this recap. But um, as I always say, I think she works best when she's either with Sean or with Christian. And I think... Um, I, I think that, you know, the, Julia McMahon is her strongest kind of ally in terms of acting. And, you know, it's really good. And I think this is just like a perfect little bow on the whole thing. I think it's played really, really well. And, like, I just believe everything that's happening in this scene. You know, like, it, it just comes across as just, it's just spot on to me. Um, and I think, you know, like, I even think that to this point, I think this might be Jolly Richardson's best scene on Niptark. You know, and I think she's been involved in some some good ones, you know. Um, all the stuff with the, with the kind of Matt parentage. She was kind of involved in all three of the big reveals to, you know, to Sean, to Christian and to Matt. Um, you know, she's been there for some of the really big scenes in this whole, this whole thing. But to me, I think this is just it's played really well because it's kind of like, it's 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 subtle it's kind of um it's not overdone you know it's not characters screaming at each other in a moment of kind of high drama it's just this really good dialogue um and you just feel like you're really in the moment and i think the thing i like about it too is you have a few shots that aren't over the shoulder you know that kind of comes out and you kind of get the body language between the two of them which i think is is really really good um and yeah i mean julia mcmahon's amazing in this as well i think just everything yeah his tone of voice just the way he kind of does it i think is it's really good. And then obviously the button on the end of it when she kisses him and she says, you know, that's the that's the wedding present so you can let me go. And it's it's just, yeah, it's really controlled by her as well. Um, 
I mean, I, I can't say enough good things about this. I think you're probably not going to agree with me, but I think I think it is amazing. It's so good. Um, I'll just quickly say this might be the last possible moment we talk positive this positive about Jolly Rich, especially two episodes away from the episode we're about to get to in a few episodes. Um, no, I don't disagree with you. Absolutely. I agree completely. This is such a, a great scene. I, I, I definitely think this is, a, by chance, a, a huge contender for top five this season. Um so, for sure, I think that absolutely agree. The acting, everything's amazing about this scene. And the, the only problem I have with this scene is it kind of does come out of nowhere. Like, it's... I mean, I think you mentioned it before about how we kind of had no lead-up. And this was, it's, it's kind of like we've forgotten about Christian and Julia. You know, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you know, that was resolved last season in some aspects. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I, I always know that it's not. And even after this, it's not resolved. Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, I, I mean... I- I, I I agree to a sense, but I also think that probably this is a, the way a lot of people deal with a lot of these things in their lives. If they've got something that's that's nagging on them, um, on their conscience, or you know, in the back of them, um, you know, I think that they just push it to the back, push it to the back, and then suddenly it just explodes into something. Mm. Um, so I think from that sense, I, it kind of feels realistic to me. I, and agree, I think probably yeah. the other thing, too, is, uh, you know, uh, the other thing too, I really like about this is when it transitions. You know, when Sean comes in. And it's like it never happened, you know, like these two just kind of pretend like nothing ever happened and it's these three... Well, it's never brought up again, really, is it? Like, it's not like, you know, we see it again, really, so... um, Yeah. Yeah, and look, I I, I agree with that. I mean, I I can definitely relate to a lot of kind of the stuff that Christian... Like, I can relate to a lot of stuff that's happening in this scene, so... um, Yeah, I mean, it's like, even the bit when he's like, what does he say? Like, oh, it feels as good as it does 17 years ago. And just, yeah. I mean, there's no questioning their chemistry and just how great this scene is. It just, that's my only small issue with it. It's just, it does kind of come out of nowhere. But I mean, I can see your point. Like, I mean, yeah. I mean, it's it's a great scene. For sure, a top five nominee. Absolutely. I would 100% agree with that. Don't know if I would agree maybe the strongest of the season, but definitely in the top five. Well, I think it's, yeah, in terms of like, if you want to see some really good, controlled acting i think it's amongst the very best you know like in in the season uh, in, in the show is you know i think it is yeah and I, I guess probably my whole point is that i i like a little bit of subtlety i like a little bit of um control and you know like sometimes you need scenes where people are yelling at each other and you know i, I obviously love the scene where sean's kind of you know pushing julia up against the fridge and think like I, I think that's awesome and it's suitable for that moment but this moment required something different and you get it and they just they knock it out of the park that's the thing like it you know they couldn't have done it any better and when you see two actors kind of giving everything and absolutely nailing it um it's pretty amazing and you know it's one of those moments where you know it, it needed to be perfect if it wasn't perfect then this whole episode's ruined and um it, it is perfect you know and and so that's why i really like it and i think that kind of goes into the next scene as well obviously when we we get the big reveal where you know Christian kind of rocks up to the altar and he's waiting, 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 and you get that whole thing, and then you know, Sean appears on his own, and you know, I, I think that it, from here on out, I think it's played this the the rest of this episode is is played perfectly, um, and you know, I think then there's a there's a few things to kind of to, to unpack with it. So um, I, I think before we start doing that, I might just I mean you're going to agree with me that this is kind of a, a good finish to the episode that it's done well, absolutely, and this to me is. I'll say it right now, and don't know the scene. So, like, I think Christian being left at the altar is definitely a, a nominee for the final five. I mean, but again, you might argue that you would connect it with the scene we just had because they do follow on from each other. But again, they're also um, so very separate from each other. So, yeah, no, I, I, I wouldn't. I think they are two different... And I think probably if I'm going to unpack a few of the things I like about it is that I like Christian's reactions. Um, I like the fact that we, we, we don't go with what would probably be the cliched response, which is him crying, you know, we don't see that kind of response from him. I mean, we're going to get that it's later. It's like he kind in, of expected it in some levels. You know yeah, I mean. yeah, 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 totally, yeah. And I, I totally yeah, agree with that. But I even think, you know, just the, the music that's chosen and kind of like oh, the slow motion. Oh, song, Otis Redding. Yeah, like the, and the slow motion walk out of the, yeah. you know, out, and then even the, you know, the message written in a lipstick, I just can't, on the on the mirror is, it's just so good, eh? It's, it's really, really good. Um, yeah. and, and even just that, that reaction shot from Julia, I think is really good. Um, 
and and the one little cutaway scene to Matt and Ariel, I I love that because I had forgotten yeah. about it. Like you're so you're so caught up in the in the wedding stuff that you forget there was this other little unresolved storyline about Matt and the and the medical papers, and you know you'd I just completely forgotten about it. And so then when when that scene comes up, you're like that's pitch perfect. You know, it's just it's so good because it just wraps up that little storyline perfectly in line with what's happening elsewhere. Um, so I think that that's just it's really really well done without overplaying it. But then I love the conversation between Sean and Christian. You know, obviously ending with the I do, you know, like at, at the altar, um, which is it's great. You know, obviously yeah, we talked about the heterosexual love story stuff, and we it's that just that perfect ending. Um, and yeah, and you know the, the big moment I, I guess for pushing the story forwards is that Sean wants to come back to to the practice, which is cool. Um, but it's just all just the dialogue is amazing. Um, and you know this is where we're seeing Ryan Murphy at his best, really. I think with with that dialogue, it's just yeah, it's just it's, it couldn't have been better. I don't think. And um, we've come through. A, a, I think we both say you know a run of of pretty mediocre episodes, so to actually to come out of that with something like this where this is what nip tuck is and you know we've done it even without too much surgery stuff we've just really got to these these key characters and yeah for me it's just amazing it's the characterness of the show and it's kind of like when they stick to like yeah you're right we may barely get any surgery now only you know madison berg is seen for literally like three minutes and then that's it that's done bye-bye um so but it's like I don't know, we sort of, like, that was maybe an issue of mine, sort of, I said stuff with Granville Trap. The difference is, is that it turned into a cop show, whereas, like, this is kind of the characters, and we, we care about the characters, not whether or not, you know, Christian's guilty or not. So, yeah, I agree with everything, and I, I kind of interesting, this whole, like, final five, ten minutes could almost be all just nominated in itself. I mean, just, they're so good, these scenes, and, like, yeah, just, I love that bit where Christian's sitting there at the altar, and he's like, I did love her. Like, you know, he kind of like, because I guess kind of that's always been the sort of the ongoing thing here. Like when he first proposes, you know, do you even love me? And then kind of like, as you know, we mentioned in Granville Trap, he mentions he loves her for the first time. He obviously, you know, he say, said it to Kimba, like when he proposed. And now this is like, kind of, he doesn't have to admit this to anyone except for Sean. Like this could have been the case if he could have been like, oh, yeah, I didn't really love her. You know, so like, but like just the fact that he does, and this is why I love the next episode so much, just with his reaction and how he reacts to this, because this is just the ongoing sort of the thing that is Nip Tuck when it is Kimber and Christian. They're the, the pairing that you want, like no matter how many other women Christian has along the way, how many men Kimber has along the way, um, you know, it's kind of ultimately that storyline of these two. So yeah, I agree with everything you said. I mean, yeah, that scene with Matt and Ariel too, like that's just great. Um, the music's fantastic. Uh, and just, yeah, that scene, of, I just can't. Like, again, as I said, I had no clue what was going to happen next episode with a twist with this. I just assumed she'd left him. And, like, I'm just like, yeah. oh, you know, oh, like, poor Christian. Like, there's no, there's no, like, if you know what happens, I think you can kind of get a bit of a clue. Like, when um she, like, turns and says, coming, Sean, like, because you don't see Sean. So, like, I kind of think... And it makes sense. And yeah, like, there's a bit of an explanation. Them. There's another thing which we can't really say until the final episode that makes sense. Um, yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. we also we, we also get the um, and you might not catch it unless you you kind of prepared for it on a, on a bit of a rewatch. But the door moves or you see a shadow, like mm-hmm. as if somebody's coming. But we're not going to reveal who that is for obvious reasons. Um, yeah. And I think that that's that's really good. I think that they've done a good job of because I you know to me I think we kind of um, we overplay a little bit the the kind of mystery of who's the you know, who's behind this. And um, you know it's nice that um, this feels a little bit more. Yeah, I'm I'm overusing the word in this episode. But, you know, the, the subtlety here, I think, is really good. Um, so, no, I, re- I really like it. I agree, Nicholas. I agree. Great. Oh, well, I think that we uh, have, have come to the end of um, a very uh, interesting episode. But um, whether it's a, a bin, a, a rent, or a buy, I've gone in backwards order there. I don't know why. Um, but um, I'll, I'll let you go first, Ben. Where are you, where are you putting this one? Uh, well, I've just actually looked here. Uh, the writer of this episode, Jennifer Salt, uh, she actually also wrote the last episode that I bought. Uh, that was Ray Reynolds. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm breaking my, my streak of kind of three bins and two rents. I'm buying this one. Uh, yeah, I've always loved this episode. I just think it's a great one. And it's kind of, 
after such a bit of a real dip in the middle of season, which always just sours season three to me. This is why I like season four better, just because I think season four has more solid episodes. We don't get as much of a dip in the middle or a dip in episodes that we do in season three. And that's why I always think season four is a much better season than season three. Um, so yeah, the, I agree with you when you said like, they could probably remove a few episodes from this season. You're not really going to lose a whole lot, like get rid of Anne Haitian, little shit Austin. Um, but yeah, I'm glad that we're kind of back to a good episode. I think we've got, you know, such a bipolar season because, you know, next episode's great. And then the following one, hmm. Uh, so yeah, definitely a buy for me. <laughs> yeah, and, and I'm I'm definitely going to follow you there. It's a buy for me. Um, I really like this episode. Um, and there's not a lot of wastage here. And like, it is a pretty good episode yeah. the whole way through. And that's a little bit rare for any TV show, really. I think you know it's something that's got 16 episodes. Um, you're always going to have a few storylines that kind of don't pay off or whatever. Um, but there's this is pretty lean, and and I like that. Um, yeah, so it, it's totally a buy for me. I think it's not only an important episode for a lot of what happens to these characters. Um, but it's also um, a really entertaining episode. Um, it's a great episode to watch if you want to see some fantastic acting most of the time, except for maybe one line. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but, but I think it's, you know, it, it's kind of got everything. That, it's got all those kind of sweet spots, I guess, that I like with Nip Tuck. Um, you know, like it, it really is about the characters and how they bounce off each other. We get that more Sean and Christian back um, together, um, which we haven't had for a few episodes. So that makes me happy, I've got to say. Um, so, yep, it's definitely a buy for me. I agree with everything you said. Cool. Oh well, it's uh, it's nice to be back on a more positive note after what <laughs> felt like we we were in a little bit of a trough there. So hopefully, been a while. A, yeah, it's a, it's a peak. It might be a mini peak, but it's uh, we definitely got a bit of a peak here. So that that's really cool. And I actually think like if we were going to rank the episodes in the season, this would actually be near the top for me because I think it, completely agree. Um, yeah, which is cool, I would you know, I would say fun. right now to interrupt you that this is the best episode of the season so far. Like I mean, looking at what we've had. Uh, I mean, we've, we bought Kiki, Derek, Alex, and Gary, and Ray Reynolds. Uh, but, I mean, I would put this above those three. So, this, to me, right now, is definitely the best episode of the season. Yeah, I think if uh, when you're breaking it down like that, yeah, I think I would definitely agree. Um, I like the Ray Reynolds episode. Um, mm-hmm. and I, but, but, yeah, I think that this is probably a better episode. Um, so, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. I think it's actually introduced new characters really well, too. So, so that's really cool. It's, yeah, it's nice to be back in a bit more mm-hmm. of a positive one thing Space. I would like like to do, and I'm planning on doing too, and I don't know if you want to join me in doing this as a project, is like I'd like to gradually rank all these in order. So there's 100 episodes in Nip Tuck, so I'll eventually have our own 100 list and kind of do it. Um, but, I mean, I would argue this might even be like a top 25 episode of Nip Tuck. Like, it's a top quarter episode to me. Um, you know, it might be sort of like in the lower teens or early 20s, um, because obviously to me season one and two had some great stuff. There's a few great solo episodes uh, you know, maybe in this season there might be at least one and then kind of, you know, four, five and six, I can at least, well, maybe not as much than six. But, um, yeah, I, I think kind of this to me is a top quarter episode out of all 100 episodes. So that's kind of how I think this episode sits in the grand scheme of Nip Tuck. Yeah, no, that's cool. And I think we're going to have some fun talking about the next episode, which is a bit more of the maybe traditional Christian fallout, you know, that you that you would expect from him. Um, and I mean, if we're going to talk about how, you know, if you, if you hadn't seen the next episode yet and how Christian might react to what's happened to him, I think you pretty much, you, you wouldn't be far off what you actually end up getting, which I think is quite interesting. Um, yeah, the, I mean, there's, there's lots of fun stuff to talk about. And I think probably Christian's going to be the centerpiece of that next episode um, in terms of what we get from him. Um, yeah, so I mean, I don't know if you've got anything else you want to add about oh, the next episode. Paper bag. Um, like, I love <laughs> the next episode. Like, I just, I, I, I don't know if there's an episode I love Christian more in, which kind of sounds really douchey because it's like, well, God, Ben, like, Christian's an absolute asshole in the next episode. But just, like, yeah. just how, like, Julian McMahon and just the reaction, it's just kind of, you've never seen Christian have to react to something like this because, you know, he yeah. doesn't fall in love. Like, he just gets yeah. over it and moves on. Like, this is where just, I love this episode so much. I love, love, love the Christian stuff in the next episode. Um, yeah. You know, the well, Quentin I was going to say this. Um, yeah, well, Christian's, Christian, there, there are two types of fucking assholes in the next scene, in the next episode. <laughs> um, Christian, Christian, wow. Christian is one of them. <laughs> Nick, you went there. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. I love it. Like, I mean, the Quentin Sean stuff kind of gives me the shits. Um, and the twist that we sort of get in this episode. Don't laugh. Um, that wasn't funny. Um, the, the twist, the twist that I, the twist that you get too is amazing. Again, I had no clue 
And it's just mm. like, holy fuck. Um, so, yeah, this, this is just a fair warning. This is the last good episode we'll get maybe until at least episode 14. So, <laughs> look forward to us being positive for at least another week. Because when we get to episode 12, hmm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I almost want to skip the next episode and go straight to that one because we, we, well, you have already shit on it so much that, um, oh. yeah, I, I feel like just saying it's the best episode ever just to troll you at this point. You probably will. I mean, you'll probably come out of it going, oh, my God, Ben, what are you talking about? It's so good. <laughs> No, well, that's cool. Well, I've, um, I have enjoyed unpacking what has been um, a really fun episode. So, um, you know, um, we would appreciate your feedback. Um, you know, follow us on uh, – I, I, one of these days I'm going to get this right. It's follow us on Twitter and like us on Facebook. Yes. Um, right. so, so do that. Um, rate us on iTunes. We appreciate that. We're also uh, on YouTube. So um, check us out on all those places. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it's been fun. And uh, until next time, um, I'm Nick, and um, I'm going to need you on all fours. And my name is Ben, and I've always been a bitch. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.